Bennett. Daniel. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I am fantastic. And I have a question for you. Oh, right off the bat. Right off the bat. It's been burning a hole in my pocket brain. My my mouth, my pocket brain. Yeah. Um, Okay. So I want you to imagine that you are a piano teacher. Okay. And you have a kid who has been coming to you and is very clearly articulating they have no desire for piano. You love piano. You're a good teacher. You've tried the tricks with the kid playing modern music, you know, things to get them interested. And it's just, it's demonstrable that they have no interest. The parent insists on, you You can't quit, you know, you're a kid, you, you don't know what you want. Uh, it's good for you. Uh, you're going to do this kind of almost a heavy handed, you're not, you're not going to quit. Mm-hmm. And you, you sense that builds even a little more tension and possible resentment. I mean, but you, you know, you're not the parents, so you're not going to weigh in on all of that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and maybe you even, well, I won't go into any more. What is your role as the piano teacher? Um, I'll let you just kind of respond. Like, do you take the cash and run? Do you just continue to try? Do you actually say to the parent, I'm not going to see your kid? Uh, what do you do? And you can how, ask me qualifying questions. Uh, how old is the kid? You know, um, that seems pivotal. I'm going to say 12, but I'm also going to push you to ask, what is there a difference between being, say, 6 and 12, and why? Uh, well, I mean, I think the 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 younger you are, the the more well i mean the more you kind of need to be pressed to do things you don't really like in the immediate moment i mean young kids are just basically pure emotion you know whatever they're doing if they don't like it then they hate it and if they do like it then they love it there's not a lot of nuance (laughs) in a little kid um and you know if you are trying to instill good habits in a little kid and they're just like yeah then, you know, you need to press them to to do it because eventually that emotional response will die down and they may actually get some benefit from it. So the younger the kid is, the less likely you'll give in to their emotional whims because they might like it one week and not the next. Right. Um, Are you saying, though, for let's let's – well, I'll give it an additional caveat. You've been doing this for six months and the kid didn't like it on day one and hates it on day, you know – whatever six, six 60 or sure. six months is <laughs> sure sure so this is a 12 year old um that we're talking about and yeah you know a 12 year old uh it has a li- autonomous <laughs> has a little bit more of an idea of what they like and don't like but they're still a little kid and you know when you're when you're uh a, when you're that age you still do kind of need to be pushed you know you can't just have free reign of everything. You do need to learn some discipline. Um, and, you know, obviously there are different ways you you can be pressed into learning that sort of thing. So I think it's a delicate balance to, you know, you have to push them enough to where they learn some some discipline and responsibility and perseverance. But, you know, you have to know when to when to back off because you can make them, like you say, build resentment or really hate something. So Certainly something, but you possibly, right? Possibly, could, yeah, possibly. You go too um, far with it. Uh, so you know, as the piano teacher in this situation, like it's not it's not my place to get involved in whether the kid continues to have lessons or not. I mean, 
really what I would do in the situation is try to diffuse tension, try not, I, I basically just wouldn't be a hard ass about like the piano lessons, you know, I would, it, you know, I, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't ride him so hard. I would just be like, all right, let's, uh, let's do something fun. I would try to make it more fun and enjoyable. And I would try to broaden the scope of the practice to other areas other than just rote memorization and practice and t- tell them about the history or um, interesting pieces or how they use piano in popular pop music, uh, such as like Snoop Dogg uses the piano <laughs> in some oh, yeah. songs. The, I know the, I'm a big fan. The hippest of the hip. Yeah. Um, now known as Snoop Lion, I yes. think. It was Snoop Dogg to Snoop Doggy Dog to 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 Snoop Lion is where we're at. I think that's where he landed. Yeah, um, you clearly have cultural knowledge out the wall. So see, these kids would love me as a piano teacher. <laughs> you could really talk to the youth. I could really relate. Um, yeah, I could. You know, we could we could light up a bong, and you know, I could teach them about the piano. <laughs> Your twelve-year-old student, you light up a light up a bong with them. Yeah. No, what? What to what degree does it does your enjoyment matter? Because surely seeing this parent and kid arrive that is probably in almost a contentious manner, and that the kid, I'm going to assume for a second, the kid isn't a jerk toward you, but just the overwhelming. Well, a twelve year old is you know I mean their attitude is going to shine through a bit. I sure, they they have a difficulty. I think the younger you are, distinguishing the task and the person, so they see you right. as part of like you know they might even be snippy with you. My point is, you're not going to be they're not going to be a delight to teach in this case. And so, mm-hmm. um, even though you it sound uh, you didn't say definitively, but you said like it's not your judgment to make that. Or yeah, your, they're your paying. To make that I mean, judgment, look, so they're fine, paying me. F- they're paying me for the lessons and like. You know, unless the kid is just truly being disrespectful and, you know, to the point that I just can't deal with them anymore, then I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to do my best to present an interesting lesson and teach them what they need to know. Because, I mean, you know, uh, and the reason that, you know, what's kind of coloring my response is that when I was a kid, when I was close to that age anyway, like my parents made me take guitar lessons and they made me play sports. I had to play basketball, um, in a, in a church league that you played in as well. And yeah. I had to play little league baseball and I didn't like, I didn't like any of those things. I didn't know they made you do guitar lessons. I had no yeah. idea. Yep. They made me take guitar lessons from, um, uh, from, from a guy at, at, at our church as well. And, okay. uh, and when I was a kid, you know, I didn't really have a good sense of what kind of music I liked. I listened to country music cause that's what my parents listened to. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> I didn't even know, like what to play and so you didn't have a desire I, to play no, no even, i had or no, even like you didn't no. have a respect for the craft no, even none. in the first place no so I this didn't. was just a bizarre out of left field like uh play play guitar go kind of yeah thing. i don't really I, I don't really understand why you know that was i think it was but i'm just speculating because i don't remember the details um that long ago i only have a seven-year memory but <laughs> everything is lost before that. Yeah. Um, but from what you're basically but, a seven year old. Is that what you're telling me? Is it uh, more complicated than that? It's a little more complicated than that. <laughs> um, uh, but like, I, I imagine it was because, you know, I didn't, I didn't really like sports and I, I'm just hypothesizing. I didn't like doing the sports. I was probably pissy about it. And, but my parents recognized that I needed to do something, you know, to, I needed to learn some discipline and crap, and so they made me take guitar lessons. And sure. so I got a guitar, for, uh, an acoustic guitar, for Christmas one year. 
um, and started taking these lessons. And I, I didn't like it. I didn't like it because <clears throat> the, the, the style of music that the guy played was like just open chord gospel music. You know, there wasn't, yeah. it wasn't interesting to me. I didn't, the music didn't resonate with me. I, I really hated the stupid chord charts. I uh, didn't like having to learn where to put my fingers. It never sounded good. The guitar at that age was a mystery to me. Like I didn't know what the letters meant. And I didn't know how to tune it. And well, this all like I don't think I took lessons for very long. It must have only been a period of two or three months or something. Yeah. And I remember the 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 end of this was when I was tuning the guitar one time, and I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, and I was obviously doing it wrong, and I tuned it too tight, and it snapped the string. And snapping a guitar string is like, scary. I imagine it's yeah. I mean, it's surprising. You don't know. Well, first off, it's very tense because you can hear the string going, <laughs> getting tighter and tighter as you yeah. like turn the thing and, and yeah. pick the string. And so it's always like. And you're looking at the tuner, waiting for the, the the letter to get right, and you're climbing the alphabet. And and obviously, what I had done is climbed one octave too high, so it's going. But the letter's not reading right. Yeah, and then it's just like pow, and goes boing, and the string you know goes everywhere. And I'm just like, if it snapped at you, it would hurt like hell. I mean, if it hits you, if it hits you, it can. It's you know, it's not that bad. You know, it's not that bad, but it's sudden. And and I was like seven years old. You'd be like, geez, what are you doing? Can you not hear the thing? But you don't know better because you're just following the tuning thing. Yeah, you're following. You don't know what you're doing as a seven year old or whatever. You have no conception of like Were you this string young, by too the way? tight. I think I, 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 I think I was right. like seven or eight. Uh, I don't remember exactly. Like I say, as long as it was before, you know, <laughs> older than seven years ago. I don't know. But <laughs> but so but yeah. So that 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 realm of discipline went away then. You had no I was like, musical maturity though. You had no way you, there was nowhere to enter into a desire because if you were starting to go, Oh, I love that guitar rift and that song, well, mm-hmm. would you like to play it? Ooh, really? I never thought about that. And you can right. just kind of enter into well, music that way. Well exactly. And that's the thing, like, even though, you know, I liked country music, whatever liking that means at that age and only because my parents liked it. Like yeah. I didn't really have many favorite songs and the songs that I did like, I didn't like because of the guitar. Because it's just acoustic open chord guitar most of the time. There's not any riffs or anything. And only in modern country music have they brought in electric guitar and all these other genres and hip-hop country and all that other crap. <laughs> so, like, I didn't know what sound I wanted to hear out of the guitar. And so it wasn't interesting to me. And I didn't like the practice. And I broke a string. And so, like, it was just all bad for me. I would rather go play Donkey Kong Country and... That that's what I wanted to do with my free time, not mess around with on the stupid instrument. Um, okay, well that that makes sense, and and that's fine. So I mean, on the one hand, you have we have like sympathy toward the parents saying we want them to be out there, be active, and since you're a kid, you have no idea what you really want. So our job is to provide access, opportunity, inspiration. You know, these sorts of get out there and. And the first time you say, I don't like this, I'm, we're not going to just say, oh, and stop it. Like, we're going to make you persevere, whether it's one basket, one basketball season or one 
I don't know, whatever, it seems reasonable that a parent should agree, maybe an agreement with the kid that says, like, okay, well, you're not just going to quit randomly. We're going to be thoughtful. You're going to finish out and then reevaluate. Whatever sure, finish right. out means. It's a little more nebulous, I think, in mm-hmm. in getting lessons for guitar. Um, so, so back to this piano thing. So I think I articulated fairly the pros of saying this is why we're going to ask you to persevere, and we and perseverance is you know arguably one of the the strongest uh, qualities we can possess as a yeah. human. I mean, whether it's in the workforce or in a relationship or whatever, like we need to you know not give up, not yeah. throw away, not Gotta have some grit. Yeah, grit is a huge part of what it means to be. Even happy, I think if you're just constantly throwing away when you're dissatisfied, then then you're not going to get to a place. Like, happiness doesn't come cheap. You need grit and you need to work toward it. It's not just this automatic thing that happens. You have right. to be Right, it's the steadfast. pursuit of happiness, not the gift of happiness. Yes, yes. Well, good point, good point. Pursuit of happiness, that's a pretty cool phrase. I like. Did you just come up with that? Yeah, I just made that up. Ah, it has a nice ring to it. We should... Uh, we should you know, put in a maybe sometime a poem or something. I don't know. Maybe I'll declare that sometime. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I declare the pursuit, pursuit of happiness. Of happiness. <laughs> uh, so on the other end, though, I mean, let's look at some serious consequences of forcing a kid to do what they don't want to do, and that is the resentment not only toward the thing itself, piano in this case, but it could damage the relationship. Now, these are on extreme ends. Mm-hmm. Um, if if and I'm just setting the six months arbitrarily because that seems like long enough to say this kid doesn't like it if they've been. Um, doing it for six months Mm -hmm. um to what extent should you side like like a 12 year old kid is a semi-autonomous being they're not like they're they can make their choices and decide for themselves and you want to respect that and if they you know like i guess two discussions are going on like what should you do as a parent and i'm kind of or voicing that, and then what is your role as a teacher? Because it's, it's easier as a role of a teacher to say, my role is to, if you bring me students, to educate them. But mm-hmm. would you feel compelled to say as a piano teacher to the parent possibly, like, look, I just want to update you. Clearly the kid's not involved or getting involved, and no. my professional opinion is they might not turn that corner, but you never know is the reality. No, it's not my responsibility. I mean, if the parent asks me for my opinion, I'll give it, but, like... Truly, that's not my place. I just, well, speaking from on behalf of an educator, like I think one of our jobs is, uh, I mean, this is the reason grades or report cards or writing comments or whatever exists is, is to say to the parent, here, let me give you a synopsis of my professional opinion. And um, if, if you see this sort of negativity swirling and and I guess I'm I'm presuming well, on your end that you see it as a neg- like a, a, a harmful experience. Well, but I mean, perhaps don't, you're not seeing it as a harmful one. Maybe it is just a you know temporary like rough patch. So. Well, and too like this isn't mandatory education. This is a voluntary extracurricular piano lesson. So you know, I mean, it's nothing super serious. Uh, and well, isn't it all the more reason to allow the kid to say, eh, no, and you kind of advocate on their yeah. behalf and say, hey, like, no. I only want students who I only want students who want to be here. Like, is that is it fine as a could, can a piano teacher within their right say I'm only oh, sure. going to accept yeah. students within, that want to be I mean, here, the piano so. teacher can say whatever they want to say, and it can affect their business or their relationship with the parent or kid. Sure, I'm just saying what I would do. 
Um, right. I mean, a piano teacher is well within their rights to be all stuck up about it and just be like, the keys don't call to you. Get out. <laughs> well, that's a clear way of painting it, right? I think the favorable way would say, like, you know, I believe in tapping into people who want to be uh, tapped into. That's a weird I guess analogy, but um, I, you know, when you are ready, I will work with you. That's just a reasonable stance on a on a sort of extracurricular thing. That sure. a kid's yeah, doing. And, and you know, if I if I had people beating down my door to take piano lessons from me, and you know, I have this one like bad attitude kid who is just in a grudge match with his parents, and I'm in the in, you know caught in the middle of that, then maybe I do say like, hey, listen. This isn't going too well. Like, take a seat over in the corner, and I'm going to have my next person in to to really learn. Or tell the parent, like, sorry, your kid's not into it. I got other people. You know, this is a waste of my time. Right. I don't want this to occupy my hour when I could put other kids that want to learn. Yeah. Yeah. So, Um, you know, it depends on the circumstances. But... But, you know, again, like, this is a 12-year-old, and, you know, it's a piano lesson, and it's not like they're in any imminent danger. This isn't even hard. You know, they just have to sit on a bench and press some keys. Like, honestly, just, like, just learn some discipline. Just sit there and learn some discipline. And if you can't do that, then watch me as I play an awesome song. Like, I mean, people can appreciate music. They're just being stubborn at that point. And, you-, you know, if as the parent, if six months go by and the kid is still just, you know, stubbornly not wanting to do with, deal with piano lessons, then, then fine. They can stop piano lessons. Like you say, I think it's reasonable to say, all right, you're going to try this thing for this long. If, you know, if you're not into it at the end of that, then fine. You know, we'll move on, move on to something else. Because I'll tell you what happened with me and the guitar mm-hmm. is I hated the guitar after that. I didn't like it. And I thought it was a dumb instrument. And just didn't didn't like it. it. It impacted my it impacted how much I liked music and the guitar specifically. Yeah. Um, and I kind of rebelled against both of those things after uh, after the the failed guitar lesson. What incident. does a rebellion against music look like? Just didn't listen to it so much. Yeah. Or if you know I was in the co- in the back seat, my parents were listening to the music. I would just not listen to it. <laughs> I was picturing you trying to rhythmically chant and then catch yourself kind of singing and go, no, I've been back into the the music, protesting the music. Damn you, Garth Brooks. (laughs) Um, No, but but see, and now, of course, things are different. I, I play the guitar now and have for, I guess, 13 years or so, and I love it. It's one of my favorite things to do and one of my primary hobbies. Uh, And so, you know, there was some period of time between when I you know, gave up my guitar lessons as a little kid. And when I started playing again after high school, that like, you know, if I, if I hadn't gone through that experience, I might've picked up a guitar a little bit earlier and, you know, learned at a more appropriate pace. Right. Because you came to it on your own, which I mean, your story almost seems to indicate you'd be more empathetic toward the, Hey, like you don't want to play right now. Uh, No, well, but I mean, like, is there, you can't be too empathetic to that. I mean, you do have to press kids into doing things. Otherwise, they will just do nothing. And it's a really valuable thing to learn, perseverance and grit, like you say. Like, super important. I mean, those are those are life-defining traits that you must learn. And as much as I didn't like the guitar lessons and as much as I didn't like Little League Baseball or the, the Church Basketball League, like... Yeah. You know, it it did at least teach me how to cope with doing something I don't like over and over. Right, and you know, I, it did. I didn't come out the other end liking any of those things. 
Uh, I still yeah. don't like stupid chord charts on the guitar, um, and I don't like baseball playing baseball, and I don't like playing basketball. Uh, and so that didn't change. But I did learn how to do things I don't like. And that's huge because mm-hmm. that's probably involved in work to some degree or another, no matter what. Your yeah, absolutely, job is. work or in school, relationships. Or, yeah, sure, podcasts, yeah, doing friendship podcasts. duties. Yeah. yeah, doing podcasts, all of it, all of it. <laughs> Everything is miserable. I yeah. hate it all. Right, but I'm good at it. I'm good at doing things I hate. <laughs> so uh, I hate that I'm so good to... at it, though. <laughs> okay, the kid's 17 now. Uh-huh. Um, six months have gone by. This is an, this is a, a reasonably mature young man and who's saying, I don't like piano. I'm sorry my mom keeps bringing it here. I'm not going to be an ass toward you, but, but like, this is, this is, I just don't like it, and I'm fairly confident I'm not going to like it. I mean, pretty convincing case this kid lays out. Mm-hmm. Um, do you just say, well, your your parents insist on paying me. I'm going to take it. I mean, like, let's just listen to some music together. Like, what do you like? Like, wh- let's find some int- – like, maybe you – maybe they're if they're reasonable and they're 17, they'll 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 bargain with you or they'll negotiate yeah, sure. with you. Yeah, sure. I would I try know. something like that. I mean, they're, they're at the lesson for an hour, and, you know, the check is already made to me, and – you know, I would tell them, like, all right, well, you know, your parents paid for this lesson, so we can't, you know, you can't just leave. Uh, you can take it up with your parents. If you're not into the lesson, let's try to make the best of it. That would be my attitude with a 17-year-old who, you know, has been trying for a while and is just not into it. You know, as long as I detect that it's not an insecurity thing, you know, or it's just like, oh, I'm just not good at it. You know, if it's that right. kind of thing. Then as That's I would a hope that, game, yeah. yeah, I would hope that as a teacher I can recognize that and you know try to have them push through. But if if it is the reasonable case, like you're saying, then you know I would try to work with them so that there's something we can do to make use of the hour. And I would hope that they can present that reasonable case to their parents and work it out. So, given your answer, you probably aren't going to change anything. But um, is it possible that if we switch this from piano teacher to little league baseball coach um that that someone's answer could conceivably change from yeah let them quit to no or it's just could, what, yeah, it what are the dynamics that change and what are re- is it reasonable to change your answer or or does the are the parallels um precise in, um, in that you shouldn't change your position at all so there are two reasons i can think that the that there may be a difference between a piano lesson and little league baseball um the first is the one that um, is kind of what happened in my situation. So my my dad was a big sports fan, and he played sports in college and was all into sports, loved sports, and so, of course, he would want his son to play sports. And so when I didn't want to play baseball or basketball, there was, you know, there was no questioning that I was going to play baseball or basketball. And so whereas I think most parents would give you a year and then you can decide after a year, you know, for me, you know, I played like four years of baseball or, or maybe more than that. Um, and I yeah, played two or two like or three something. years of basketball, uh, yeah. and, and didn't like either one right from the beginning all the way through to the end. Um, yeah. and so if you have, you know, if you have a parental figure who really loves the thing and they're trying to, in a way, live vicariously through you or they love it. So even, you know, in a, in a good natured sort of way, they're trying to show you their love for the sport. Right. They want you um, to discover it and that'd be so wonderful to them. Yeah. Right. Then then that might be a reason why it's different between sports and piano. Of course, you know, if my dad was a 
a piano player, then it could be the reverse. Right. Um, so I don't see much of a difference there. Sure. Honestly. Okay. The other. Okay. So the different. This one is a, a difference, and that's that. Um, baseball or basketball, a sport, um, deals with your physical growth and development. So it's really important to actually do physical exercise when you're a kid, when you're developing. Um, and you know, if you're taking piano lessons, you're not getting a lot of exercise. I mean, fine I guess motor you're working skills, out dexterity, fine, fingers, fine motor skills and dexterity, and and you know your your brain to an extent. Yeah, but but it's not the same. You no, know, that's not the same. And you know, I guess probably if you were going to determine which one had a long-term impact on health, I imagine that the kids who are playing sports are probably healthier long-term, assuming this isn't, you know, football where they bash their heads in. <laughs> right. Um, There's no, yeah, no major injuries at play. Yeah. Right. So that's another reason why I think it's important. And if I had kids, you know, even though I'm not a sports guy, I would probably still make my kids play, you know, pick a sport and you play it for a year. Um, hopefully they like it and they, you know, play little league or whatever um, for a while with their friends. Yeah, well, with your friends, that was two things I thought of is the collaborative efforts of team play versus the individual effort of, like, learning that's, an instrument. Yeah, that's, that's a, a huge difference. So if you, say, hate the sport, you could probably still find pleasures in that other kid who also hates the sport, and a friendship is born, and yay. Well, and- see, so in, in my case, most of what I didn't like about the sports was was team play. I've never liked, <laughs> yeah. I've never liked playing on a team with people. Um and I liked baseball more than basketball because in baseball, you're mostly solitary. You're on a team, yes, but you're solitary when you're batting. You're solitary when you're you know, at your position in the field. Um, you know, and you just kind of stand there. And, yeah, you have to throw the ball to other people, but you're not really doing a whole, all that much with your team. Sure. Yeah. Um, in basketball, it's all teamwork. You know? yeah. You're always passing and double Plays dribbling and yeah. making your double touchdowns. <laughs> Yeah, your, your touchdown throws and your, your All inbound, that stuff. out of bounds. Yeah. <laughs> and the umpires are always like, nah, you know, like, you're out of here. Peanuts. Yeah. <laughs> Three strikes and you're here. Free um, throws and you're out. <laughs> so, so there's the, the collaborative efforts. And then also, and this might be a, a case toward the whole piano teacher being a better example, but there's intimacy. You you can there you can escape in the numbers in a sport, whereas like the one on one intimacy of musical instruction, I'm imagining anyway that that like that distaste is so amplified when you're there, and it's I guess sports are just more complicated. You have a group of twenty kids out there, and you you start by doing like warm up drills, or you run the a lap, or you you play you play a little goofy game that's a little unrelated, maybe involving a basketball or whatever the sport is, but it isn't really a basketball skill or it's loosely correlated. Um, and you just, there's just so many elements to it. And I guess there's mm-hmm. not, uh, that's to suggest there's not as many elements to music and that's not true well, at all. I mean, but. in the, in the case of a piano lesson, I mean, I, I think you're right. Like in a piano lesson, the eyes, even though there are fewer eyes around, they're always on you. The attention is always on you. And right. like you say, that intimacy, like if you if you don't like the situation and you're you're insecure or you just have a bad attitude, then always having the eyes on you is not going to make things easier. In a sport, it is distributed a little bit, but depending on the sport, like there are like in baseball in particular, there are moments when all eyes are on you when you're the batter and 
you know, and that doesn't make it any better either. Um, I remember when I played Little League, like, man, I just, I didn't like it. And I played, um, uh, either, either outfield or third base. And I preferred outfield cause I could just stand out there and most of the time not have to do anything. Yeah. Um, and I could look around and, you know, like whatever, uh, and it wasn't that bad. The ball was rarely hit to me. <clears throat> um, but when you're a batter, like, like I remember wanting it to just be over with. Like, ugh, right. just there's you know, a, whether well, there's a performance I, anxiety about it. Like everyone's gonna judge or be disappointed if you mess up or or cheer if you do well. Well, and and I was a kid. I was a skillless kid. And so it always just seemed random to me whether I hit the ball or not. Like <laughs> you didn't really link you know, your pra- hard work and no, practice. No, it didn't. To it, it didn't it just... feel like my effort had any relationship to the results of my effort. Oh, so like uh, I would yeah. just kind of go and swing the bat, and sometimes I would hit the ball, and you know people would be happy, and sometimes <laughs> I would miss the ball, and people would be annoyed, and. Like, and you know, I'm playing baseball, you know, in the South and we, and there were people that were like really into it. Like right, parents are really into it. <laughs> and when you like, when you like strike out, they're like, come on, come on, number seven, like get it together. And you're just a kid. And I'm just a kid. I don't like the sport. I don't like the sport. I don't want to be there. Based on and your I'm description, just, sound, you just sound like an unathletic kid. Just not knowing yeah, I wasn't. what yeah, you're I wasn't. swinging and what the hell's going on. Yeah, I wasn't, and I would just swing the bat, and so- sometimes I would hit it, and sometimes I wouldn't hit it, and it, I would just, well, you know, what? I don't know to, what. To this game that's so important to these, like, Little League dads. Yeah, it was strange, <laughs> screwing man. it up, like you don't yeah, care. it was weird. Now, now to, to thank goodness, thank goodness there was someone, there was almost always someone on the team worse than me. Uh, in, in, in the basketball, there we played in this at the same time, and there was yeah, one there was one I person can, who was just exactly. abysmal, <laughs> abysmal, <laughs> I mean, so bad so that, bad like, that you wonder years later. I didn't have to. Okay? I didn't have to worry. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have to worry. If now this was a church basketball league, you remember, and at the yes. end we always got these little stars. Yeah, uh, different if, colors. If we, meant different different colors. You know, best offense. You know, you get one star, and best defense, you got the other. Well, this guy always got the most Christ-like. Right, which, which star, was code for which is basically like. There's nothing. There's there's nothing we can give you to like reward your effort. So you know, like you you basically effort or most improved because that's usually reserved for them. But that would be ridiculous because this kid would if he caught the ball, he would shoot. It doesn't matter if you inbounded it on the other end. He he would just chuck it or run eight or nine steps and they call travel as he's chucking it at <laughs> like 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 strange behavior this is, we're not talking about being five years old we're talking about what See, how old were been, we it would have been um probably I mean, sixth grade maybe yeah i mean yeah. we were 12 or something right which it is was the like age you know for the piano examples so, right I mean. it was like here have the most christ-like star because you got crucified out there <laughs> That was so lame. I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. Well, I think we I think we explored that one. Good. Good. I feel that was a good like, question. Uh, yeah, that was a good question. Well, I mean, lots of like whether the teacher and the parent and the the your your role in it. I think I think you get to hide behind the uh, I'm piano teacher. I don't make that decision. Kind of answer, which I think is a fair and honest answer. Um, I just it can be complicated. Well, you know, like, because personally, I don't know where I stand because I think it's reasonable for that teacher to approach and say, "Listen, I'll I'll take your money, but 
I honestly think you should maybe allow this kid set a plan, give them some like ideally to me, I guess now I'm talking about what the parents should do, but the parents should say, look, okay, you hate it. I'm not going to let you quit right now because you know, it's important to me that you have some grit and development, but what after, and I would, I'll just set another date, three months, six months, whatever that you actually give it your all that I'd see you demonstrate true effort. Then we will have a course. We will revisit the conversation at which case, in which case, if you feel just as strongly, I'll let you out and you get to decide another path. But the only option is you can't choose no path. You can't just say, I'm going to sit at home and like eat Doritos. Like That's not part of this plan. And mm-hmm. then in that way, the kid is still exploring and encouraged and all of that. I, I mean, it, that seems like the best possible scenario. But that's on behalf of the parent and not the piano teacher. That's just, you know, piano teacher can just say, whatever, give me your money. Yep. So Yeah, it yeah. depends a lot on the situation, on right. the context that um when you when you were a kid um were you a sega kid or a nintendo kid i was totally totally nintendo all of the way um and and in fact my foray my 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 the the way I discovered video games, I was not a video game person. The friend down the street had a Nintendo Entertainment System. We called it regular Nintendo. That was commonly mm-hmm. what we and um, because Super Nintendo was already out. I think that right? that has to be why. Uh, but but like I'm telling you, I didn't know. It's not like I was reading articles. You know, the internet wasn't a thing yet. It was mm-hmm. it was just he had regular Nintendo, and we would play yeah. some Ninja Turtles. So I remember. Games. I, I remember the, calling it a regular Nintendo as well. Well, say I never, I never had a friend with a regular Nintendo that I would play with. I just knew what they were. I, you know, I ended up with a Super Nintendo, but I knew what a regular Nintendo was. Well, it was, I mean, it was a fairly <clears throat> mystical thing going over there, and I just loved it. And uh, I actually recall being better at it than he was, even though he got to play it a lot. It was what just, was this I, kid's name? Naturally. First name? His, name? his name was Wes Wesley. Okay. Okay. Um, and so he lived down the road. You wouldn't know. He was my first best friend, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we'd go over and play frequently. Um, and then one day, and this is, I don't remember that clearly. There was a little bit of confusion. There was no anticipation. I didn't ask for it for a birthday. It was nothing. It was, it was actually, and I know this, it was Father's Day, and my mom got my dad the Super Nintendo for Father's Day. This is a mysterious, and I didn't, I didn't like comprehend. I was like, wait, wait, reg- regular Nintendo? And like, no, Super Nintendo. <laughs> it's better. It's newer. It's the big new thing. And I, I just was like, for for my for my dad. And he's <laughs> like, yeah. And he's kind of grinning and like. You know, wink, wink, really for so, me. But, so but, this would have been how old were you, and how, oh how old gosh. was your dad? At this this point? is embarrassing. Can we? I, I wish I could just find out when Nintendo released the Super Nintendo because I'm imagining it was within a year or two of it coming out. Um, I mean, it must have been like 19, been, 1990 or so. Yeah, like the regular uh, that, Nintendo was nineteen what like eighty five or something. So, yeah, I mean, I was young. Like, so this would make sense that I'd be four to six or. Between four and seven years old, I don't early, know. Early nineties. Yeah, this, we're talking early memory. When I'm sharing you this with this memory well, with you, because when we were when we were in when we were in fifth grade, that's when like uh, WCW versus NWO Revenge came out for the N64, right? Yes, yes, and that was that and was that was a, that was a little bit breaking. later in the N64. So yeah, you yeah. know, Super Nintendo 
Wow, we were young. We were young, and, and yeah, I was, and so, and I didn't have. I mean, I didn't have like a friend network to go brag to, or even. I just, I, I don't know that I understood. Wait, why not? Uh, well, why? I mean, I, I, or I don't remember that I do or did, did or did not. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't remember sharing. Like at school, my dad got a super of, Nintendo. Yeah, like none of that, that's just not in the wheelhouse of what I was, how I was operating. So mm. I just remember that Super Mario World was the game that either came in the box with it, or I'm mm. sure my dad set it up. I have no memory of unboxing. I have no memory other than going, feeling a, li- a bit bewildered. Like I have this new magical machine, or my dad does, but he's gonna let me play it, and mm-hmm. he's even gonna let me play it first, and and like putting in Super Mario World, and I didn't have language for... The word graphics wasn't in my vocabulary um, to be able to articulate why it's better or looks smoother or, you know, higher resolution or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I just remember going, ooh, rounded controller. I do remember that sort of impression of different. It's smoother, it's rounder, everything about it. Ah, and... um, the cartridge popping yeah. out of it, plunking the cartridge in, in there and vertically. And, yeah, <laughs> and and then at that point, I just what I gamed a lot, became very good at Super Mario World. Was in fact at, like, you know, the best that I knew of. I mean, so in my world, I was the you best beat, in the beat world. Beat the game, I assume, so, right? Yeah, not only beat the game, but got to the, the, the sort star of star world. levels where they all, and then the little Mario, or excuse me, the uh, like. Uh, forgive me, Goombas and all the little creatures turn into little Mario faces. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, uh, if you nah. got if you got so many things and did something like they turned into little Mar like like they turned into little looks like little Mario creature uh, hmm. bad guys like like a, a different version of them. I'd have to. It's, oh, that's also a strange memory, that. but like I was one of the few that I'd ever seen. I don't know if I came across a code or something, but like I. Got I thoroughly beat that game and beat all the star levels and all of that. So mm-hmm. I was the best gamer I knew. Part of my identity as a young kid going in second grade to our to the when I transitioned to a to the school that you go to too or you went to. Mm-hmm. I I was like, I'm Daniel and I'm a gamer, like, <laughs> and I took pride in that. And so one of my first friends there, David, like he he was I was just so much better than him, and it kind of wowed him. And I was like, I took I took a lot of pride <laughs> in that. So because he had a Super Nintendo as well. At that point, I think everyone started to have it, and it was normal. It wasn't this mystery box. And, mm-hmm. I mean, this is years later. So, yeah. See, I remember. I, I don't. I don't remember when I got my Super Nintendo, but I, I did have a Super Nintendo. But if you were to ask me whether I was a, a Sega kid or a Nintendo kid, well, it depends on when we're talking about. But I think for the longest time, I was more of a Sega kid. I loved. I lo- I like Sonic the Hedgehog. That was my favorite. I thought Sonic yeah, the Hedgehog cool was game. super cool. Cool character. Cool. It's fast. It's cool slick character, right? Cool sounds. And, yeah, and and I had a Sega Genesis, and uh, actually before I had the Sega Genesis, I had the Sega Game Gear. You remember that massive oh, portable yeah. thing? Yeah, it was up batteries huge. Like crazy. It, yeah, it took like yeah. six C batteries or something like yeah, that. And it would last but it, but like it had a forty-five minutes. <laughs> yeah, but it had a colored backlit screen, yeah. and so it was like years ahead of the Game Boy. Oh, yeah. um, which way, I didn't have. Ahead. I didn't have a Game Boy, an original Game Boy. I had the Game Gear, the Sega Game Gear. I had a Game Gear as well, so yeah. And uh, I loved the Game Gear, and I played Sonic on the Game Gear. And then um, 
I got a Sega Genesis so that I could play Sonic on the TV. Um, and like, I, I love Sonic the Hedgehog and I like, I would, when, whenever I would go with my mom to like books a million, um, the bookstore and I would go straight to the magazine section at, and they have comics, and I would get the Sonic the Hedgehog comic books. So I was never a comic book kid. Like, I didn't like Batman and Spider-Man and all that, but I did like Sonic the Hedgehog comic books, the Archie uh, comic books. Yeah. And and so I would get the Sonic the Hedgehog comic books, and they're like 99 cents, you know? And just I would always get the latest issue of Sonic the Hedgehog comic books and love them. I still have them, actually. So you would actually read them, too? You wouldn't just, like, look kind of no, blankly no. at the color? <clears throat> no, I would read them. So I, I liked it. I thought it was cool and, like... Uh, and, and then of course you know it made me like the games even more. So uh, I was I was really into Sonic the Hedgehog I, as I a had, kid. I had a distant relationship with Sonic. <clears throat> I <laughs> I remember I carpooled briefly, and I don't even know the context of this, but I would go over to someone's house and they had Sonic, and so I'd get to play it briefly. And it was Sega was sleeker. It was black, and it was you know the whole Sega yeah. brand when you turn it on. And well, they tried memorable. To, that really they tried to position themselves as uh, more, the more mature. Is that what it was like? Do you mean like yeah. more violent or more? What do they yeah. mean by more mature? Yeah, just edgier yeah, just kind of gameplay. F- yeah, for teens instead of for kids. Yeah. Uh-huh. Even though obviously Sonic's a. Uh, Sonic and Mario are comparable in that they are Yeah, but Sonic friendly. has an attitude. And he does. Sonic has he's an got, attitude, and he's kind of irreverent. And he's um, physically drawn, like, sharp. Like, he's got pointy, like, he's, he's a hedgehog. He's literally he's edgy. Yes. <laughs> he's hedgy. He's edgy. He, um, yeah, no, and he does have an attitude and a smirk on his face, whereas Mario is a plumber who just is, you know, kind of chubby and, like, like sweet or like adorable or like the, and the plot's always like let me save the girl like peach the dispossessed you know girl yeah with he doesn't have much of an attitude no not an attitude at all just kind of a woohoo like, like uh-huh. i'm an overtly friendly attitude and there's the speed of sega like, this is fast and slick and so even at that like family friendly level yeah it has a lot of signals to say this is what i also recall there was a difference so um there was a the video game aladdin uh, oh yeah obviously based on that was a movie. good game uh on super nintendo i loved it i could be it it was one of those games that didn't have a save point a lot of games were like that you know if you remember you had to actually just once you lost or turned it off that was it you couldn't yeah. resume so um but it had about maybe two hours worth of gameplay and i became an expert at it could beat it in you know roughly that time and eating that so, bread so yeah throwing the apples to to stun the guards and bouncing riding the flying it. carpet riding the flying well there's mm-hmm. the carpet but also it's if, a lava if it was one level, of those right? you hold the R, yeah well the lava level so the wave would come crashing and yeah. you'd have to be going up and down and then when you would jump off of surfaces not on the lava level but just any other level you could jump and hold L I think it was L or R one of them but he would he would uh, have a sheet so he would drift down slowly uh-huh. um, but primarily it was A throwing the apples to stun but it wasn't a very useful technique other than kind of puts the enemy in a in a daze for a moment, um, and then jumping on their heads. Like, that was just pretty standard, jump on the head, like a Mario mm-hmm. type thing. But the Sega Genesis one, I knew for a fact. I don't know how different the gameplay, if every level was different from ground up or not, but he had one of those, I guess I'll just say Arabian swords, those curved swords, you know, that's mm-hmm. cool yeah. looking, and you could slash about. Scimitar. And uh, is that what it's called? Scimitar. 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 Yeah. Cemetery. Um, so... It it was just really cool. I mean, I I I fantasized about having that game. I could not like. I just 
I don't know. I thought the apple throwing was so lame and it took away. Also, the Power <laughs> Ranger video game, I think, came out for a good bit before on the <laughs> Sega Genesis and I could not play it. And I was obsessed with Power Rangers. And, uh, and I, or, or perhaps it was, I might be misremembering, that, that the Power Rangers game that I loved on Super Nintendo, but you couldn't be the Green Ranger. That wasn't an option, but the Green oh, Ranger man. was on Green the Ranger's Sega the Genesis. Best. Yeah, well, that was pretty widely agreed upon. It's Actually, a, I, was, I was never really a Power Rangers fan as a kid. Oh, uh, I wasn't man. really into it that much. I I learned Power Rangers on the playground. They were like, which ranger are you? And I just didn't know, and I didn't know what color. I might have said blue the first day, which he's kind of the goofy dwarf. At, at our school? It's like, uh, no, no, no. Uh, the public Younger. school I went to before first grade, Like it was like, that's, and I asked what it was. And I was an impressionable kid, and so the popular kids shares with me, you don't know Power Rangers? You know, you can imagine. That's yeah, just how yeah. kids, like, they, they exercise their knowledge over someone else. Like, you don't know that? And so I was like, oh, well, uh, yeah. and then I went home totally primed to absolutely love it. It could have been garbage, and by the way, it pretty much is. Um, <laughs> if you watch old episodes, oh, man, it, it's, it's... Are there any Power Rangers movies? Um, there are, yeah. Well, yeah we should Ooze. add up to the B-movie list. Ivan Ooze. I know there's a line about, like, they kill one of the putties, and he explodes, and the guy goes, and this is decontextualized. He just ki- If you imagine kicking him across the room, and he explodes, and he goes, eight ball, corner pocket. I don't know why I have this knowledge, but <laughs> isn't that an awesome that's great. line? That's yeah, an should, amazing line. Especially when there's no... They weren't at a bar, I don't think. Yeah. They were using pool sticks. It wasn't like that. It was like it was in it some sort of temple. So like it was just not the, the line did not work, which makes it even better. That's um, awesome. I can imagine kids on the playground, you know, reenacting that one. We really, oh yeah, eight ball corner pocket. <laughs> <laughs> like just anytime you score or like dominate in any way, they just uh, yeah, I could easily see this. say goofy stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, I feel like I'm down a rabbit hole there about that, but. But so the game differences between Sega and Super Nintendo, and and so I I picked up on that Sega was edgier. I mean, again, I wasn't reading or, or debating with people, or I wasn't involved in any conversation. But there was a sort of envy I had of the Sega Genesis as this a little edgier device that I did later get one, but I didn't own it for long. Like I think within a short time. Um, N64 came out and that just changed that mm-hmm. just changed everything's old after that like it was right it 3D. was N64 yeah. like yeah that's the new frontier kind of thing yeah I um I I, I loved Sonic the Hedgehog but then I, I did also have some some favorite Super Nintendo games I, I played both quite a bit um one of my favorite games on the Super Nintendo was at least I don't hear much about it now but a game called Uniracers which is about racing unicycles there were unicycles that would just race each other they didn't have riders of course they were just unicycles and they would like there were these multicolored courses and you could do tricks to go they like leaning forward i'm imagining yeah they, they would lean, lean forward and it was very fast paced gameplay but really fun I, I loved that game as a kid uh yeah. and i liked of course the super mario games i i liked a lot um uh, and I like Super Mario All Stars more than Super Mario World as a kid, um, but I liked them both. I liked Yoshi. Well, Super uh, and- Mario All Stars it just gives the impression of four games, even in four different gameplays, even if it wasn't uh, any bigger. You know, so that's exciting though to feel like you're getting four games in one. Right. Um, and but I would say if I had to pick a most influential Super Nintendo game, it would probably. It would probably be Donkey Kong Country. I loved those games. They were hard. 
uh, and like I liked the music. That was one of the first times oh, the that I remember so liking the music in a video game. I really liked the Donkey Kong Country music uh, and switching out characters and all the secrets. And you could use a Game Genie and get all kinds of secret stuff. Oh, Game Genie. That's was, that was really cool. Yeah. The Game Genies were awesome. I felt into stuff. Yeah. yeah, I felt like it felt so weird to like you have this plastic contraption and you put it in. And you put your game on top of the plastic contraption. And then you have to like go to the bookstore and find these code books of codes. And you're like typing in numbers and letters into the thing. It came None with like an orange sense. booklet, if you remember. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, it was like a bright reddish with like yellow letters. I remember it renting like games lightning. from Blockbuster and really hoping their name. <clears throat> so you would look it up alphabetically. I was like, mm-hmm. you're looking at a dictionary. And go, oh yeah, it has it. Yeah, there's oh, a code. doesn't have doesn't have not you know anything good. Lies. It's just like change the color of this character. Like I don't care. Lame. You know? Yeah, but it always <laughs> seems like magic to me. And and as a it kid, I magical. had this. I had it's yeah like a genie. Um, <laughs> as a kid, I had this fantasy of being able to basically merge games together. You know, I always dreamed of like, oh, I wonder if there's a game genie code to put Sonic in, you know, Mario, or uh, you know, take take uh, take Donkey Kong and make him race with the Uniracers or whatever. I yeah. thought it was possible as a kid because like you could do all this wacky stuff by typing in these codes, and I experimented with. Putting, you know, breaking the codes. Would you like, type in Donkey Kong in Universe? No, not, not Donkey Kong. Well, because I recognized that, that you know, for Infinite Lives, you put in like A8469Z, whatever. You put in letters and numbers. And so I would like change a few of them and see what would happen. And it yeah. makes your game glitch out. Like you are actually inserting code into the game that makes it glitch out. Oh, that's so strange. <clears throat> so you would, get, really you would get weird behavior. By putting in the wrong codes, I could never get Donkey Kong to appear in Uniracers. <laughs> no luck. <laughs> no luck. Maybe if I tried more, but I I wasn't able to. But I always thought it was so magical, and that's why the game uh, Sonic and Knuckles was like really interesting to me. <clears throat> if you if, if you remember, Sonic and Knuckles was like a game genie, <clears throat> and the, the actual cartridge opened up on top, and you could put Sonic the Hedgehog three into it, and it would unlock. Knuckles in Sonic the Hedgehog three. That's really the cool. crazy, I do not strange. That, by the way. Yeah, it's a it's a the game itself opens up at the top, and you can put another game on top of it. That's really neat. I mean, can you name another game that's well, just the like game that? genie? It's the only other thing I know of like that. Right, the um, manipulation. The game Shark was the N sixty four version. Not nearly as cool, if I recall. Just, just a different didn't... company, a different yeah. company doing the same kind of thing. Yeah. But but Sonic and Knuckles, there's this really cool thing, and this also set my kid imagination just on fire. Like if you so the, it was intended for you to put Sonic the Hedgehog three in top of Sonic and Knuckles, um, yeah. but if you put another game in there, like if you put Dra- <laughs> if you put Jurassic Park in Sonic and Knuckles, yeah, yeah, yeah. then it worked. But Wait, it what just do you gave mean it you. Worked? It didn't like the game would you know, still function. Yeah, it didn't give you you know some kind of error screen or whatever. It came on, and what it did was it gave you a special bonus level in Sonic and Knuckles. Like there were these bonus levels you may not remember. Oh, so it was designed purposefully like to recognize Jurassic Park. And yeah, give you, and give well, you a bonus there were these level. there were these three D levels that were like on a giant sphere, and there were these little blue orbs and red orbs, and 
it was 3D, and you were running forwards, and you had to collect all the blue orbs. Do you remember this at all? I don't, and that sounds kind of revolutionary <laughs> for a 2D side-scrolling game, right? Like, this well, is- if you remember, even Sonic the Hedgehog 2, the bonus levels were a 3D like half-pipe. I think you're overestimating my Sonic knowledge. <laughs> I was like level one of Sonic, is my, right. and then there was a temple well, there level were, after Well, there were that, special but... 3D levels. That was This was kind of um, one of the strong points of the Sega Genesis, is that you could do some, some 3D stuff and i guess you could on the super nintendo as well with like star fox but it just wasn't quite as good yeah anyway um the so different games that you put in the top of sonic and knuckles would give you different bonus levels and i thought it was magical just magical that like they programmed something into every game for sonic and i didn't understand what was really going on but like well there was some preset amount of bonus levels and i'm sure they just read some identification code from the game and loaded up the bonus level. It wouldn't level be tailor-made to Jurassic Park or anything No, it like wasn't. That. It would just be like, oh, no. we recognize you put a different cartridge yes. in that is a game and we will right. give you a bonus level just for experimenting a little bit. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. of course, I didn't recognize that as a kid, but I thought it was magical and I thought, like, well, maybe if I do the level fast enough, then I'll get to play with the Velociraptor in Sonic, <laughs> in Sonic and Knuckles or I love, something. I love the extent of, like, kid imagination is... Pretty much simply to combine what you know. So, like when well, it was WCW see, another, fans were like, "What if, what if Goldberg, Diamond and, Dallas and, Page, and, yeah, and, and and Stone Cold Steve Austin fight? They're both yeah, the ball right. tough guy, one. like you know, just or Kane and and like Kevin Nash. I don't know, but the point uh-huh. is that we would just like that is to to a kid that is creativity combine this pretty obvious oh yeah well i used to always dream about a game console that had a slot for sega genesis games and super nintendo games and you could plug all your controllers into them and it would play all the games and it would meld the games together like my imaginary game genie yeah. would so i always thought that was like awesomest thing when you're a kid and you have these thoughts they're thrilling and stimulating in a way that would you say is difficult to replicate do you still Maybe you you stumble upon a new philosophical idea that like makes sense in your worldview, and you feel like this is a moment I've actually advanced my learning. So I'm just trying to say an ideal thought, right? You're exposed to a word or a phrase that connects ideas you hadn't previously thought about, and like a high quality thought that you're like, "Ooh, I like that." Are you feeling just as thrilled as your sort of dreaming aspiration aspirations of like of a you know, Sonic the Hedgehog and, and having a Velociraptor in it? Or is there just something so childlike, the wonder that you have in those moments that can't be replicated as an adult? Did that question make any sense? <laughs> um, I think, well, you're basically asking if I, if now I have any similar sort of feelings and do we daydream awe. about silly crap <laughs> that, that like gets you thrilled about like, oh, wouldn't well, it be the cool problem, if... Well, know, the problem is... You know, as a kid, I didn't know how a lot of things worked, and so uh, I didn't have the restrictions of reality on my imagination. And so I could, I could ask "what if" and believe it, believe that it was possible. Whereas now, you know, when I do that, I immediately, you know, uh, think, "Oh, well, that's that's not possible, and here's why." And on the other side of that, by the way, if you recall, there was like a big conversation when I think it was PlayStation 2. And if you paused on, let's say, a football game replay and zoomed in, you, they might actually have bothered to put um, holes in the, like mesh holes in the jerseys. Like not like it's high def or anything, but they bothered <laughs> to put yeah. the dots to kind of represent those mesh holes. 
and and we would talk about that level of detail. Oh my gosh, did you know that there was holes in the jersey? Like that's how detailed it was, and that was so thrilling. This sort yeah. of and that would just I I don't think fourth graders are talking about the shine on the football helmet in a football game that's really impressive right maybe the shine actually shows all the individual fans like maybe it's crazy how the reflection detail in the helmet but i just i don't think that they're impressed the way we were impressed because we got to go along the journey from side scrolling games to where we are now and now that their level of expectation of like a game that kind of merges two concepts would be like oh that's cool but i just don't know that I wonder if we've robbed the youth of, of, like, the inventiveness. Like, if they just say, oh, we'll allow the creators to be the one with creative thoughts and they're not bothering um, conjuring up silly stuff like we did. Because that conjuring up seems really important to the creative um, processes. Or, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't really think so. I think that there's still, you know, kids play Fortnite or whatever and they still imagine goofy things happening in the game. Um, I mean, even... Even when I was playing Halo in in high school, I would still imat you know imagine really cool levels and and stuff. And that was you know that was on the Xbox, and you could you know there's a higher level of graphical detail in yeah. that than on yeah. side scrollers. Um, but kids today, uh, you know they're they're still obsessed with graphics. Um, yeah, maybe even more so than we were as kids because. You know how obsessed can you be with some you know a few polygons in sixty four? It looks goofy. Or Final Fantasy on the PlayStation looks real goofy. We were concerned with gameplay a lot more, and that's yeah, you're right. That is a more general concern in the gaming community of gameplay versus graphics and what should be leading the charge. You know, right? Um, Well, the the reason I initially asked you about this, I want to get your take on something. I'm sending I'm sending you a link right now. I want you to click on it. Let me and, and look at here. it. Are you sending it through the old through, FB? Through the messenger. Yeah. The redirect notice. Yeah, it's a it's a Google Images link. It's just an image. Uh, it's not pulling up. It says or the previous page is sending you to uh, maybe this. Here's a link. Okay, here we got it. Sonic the Hedgehog. Whoa. So there's been uh so this is a live-action Sonic the Hedgehog movie that is being made, and these promo images apparently leaked. So this is what Sonic the Hedgehog is going to look like in this new movie. So what what do you think about what do you think about it? Well, we got to yeah, I got to qualify and say I I again wasn't a huge fan, not in the sense that I didn't like him, but I just wasn't exposed to him a lot. So I don't have a holy image in my head of of him. Um, I just know he's the blue dude, and I know that when I look at this image that I'm seeing, um, the it, there's something that bothers me. And go, that's not Sonic. Like the soul of Sonic is lost. I, I don't see the smirk that that we talked about. There's a degree of it, um, and the the hairiness, or I shouldn't say hair, but the the level of detail actually. Um, I don't know. I don't. I my knee jerk reaction is this doesn't have the charm or the soul that the original image of Sonic has. Now I do know when I'm exposed to um, sort of recreations, I have a tendency to value the original creation. Like I went to see um, uh, the, how the Grinch stole Christmas 
with Benedict Cumberbatch, and it was a well-produced piece. But, you know, by the end, when you're like, what do you think of it? I just cross my arms and say, well, the original cartoon was just, like, way better. This was not a necessary reproduction. Um, so I don't th- that have bias, serious bias playing in. But overall, I'd say that doesn't look uh, very Sonic-like. <laughs> like, the, I, I need to go. I'm going to pull up just Sonic. Like, I'm yeah. going to... Because that just doesn't look at like that sound like what, what well, he's what, had a lot he's had a lot of different looks throughout the years um but this one i don't know when i saw and you know i don't care much about sonic anymore sonic hasn't had a really good game in a while um and and in fact as an adult playing through the sega genesis sonic games they're not that good either yeah i mean they're you can tell that they put some effort into them and you know they they look good and the music is great but I think there's a fundamental gameplay flaw in Sonic the Hedgehog in that it, the game values speed, but then the whole the level is just a series of things that slow you down. Right. And so, like, unless you memorize the whole level and manage to keep your momentum, then you're just stuck slowing down. Well, there's some most fun in that, time. right? Is the idea that they are training you like it's a memory game of you you make a mistake at, at part one and then you make a mistake at part three and then you make a mistake at part five and then you memorize part one, three, and five or have these obstacles you learn to and there's satisfaction in navigating. Yeah, sure. That. I mean, I get I understand that. I, I get it. But the problem is that there are ways to design a level that encourages speed and there are few places in the Sonic the Hedgehog games on Sega Genesis that uh, that that lets you go fast for a long time. You know, I mean, I understand ch- challenge, and in fact, want challenge in video games. And so, fine, make it challenging to to go fast. But you also should show the player what they're working for. And there aren't a lot of opportunities for that in Sonic there should the Hedgehog. Be Okay, so yeah. I'm looking at these classic images of, of Sonic, reminding myself of what I conceptualize as classic Sonic, and mm-hmm. the the biggest thing, the eyes are way smaller. Um, I'm not, I don't find this like repulsive or some sort of like horrendous rendering of him. I just, uh, I don't find it that interesting, to be honest. What do you? What's your take on it? Yeah, my my response was pretty similar. Uh, I when I first saw it, I was kind of like, like, well, this is weird. Like he's all hairy and like kind of stocky you know like i don't know it's just strange. well right because they have and, long legs with big shoes and the ones that are like a t- small torso near the head kind of longer and it's almost like your 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 angle from the shoe up so he kind of is like looking down a lot of these images and yeah I like that. there there are a couple of other uh images of this this new cgi sonic floating around and again i guess there's still some amount of controversy as to whether these are legitimate images but they pretty. I think it's pretty much decided that they are. I think they let um, these things float out there. Get a, they read the audience, and then they might make changes depending on the audience reaction. Do you think that's a possibility that this is an intentional leak, and then they go, "Oh, well, they didn't like how small the eyes are. They like, make them bigger. Like, why? Why not be able to go change that? I guess you'd have to do that the whole frame. And I don't know how it. Oh uh, yeah, I don't know what stage of production the movie's in or anything. So, I mean, maybe I guess they could, but yeah, I think. I think the issue really is his eyes, because if you look at the classic Sonic images, he actually has one mega eye. That his eyes are connected over his nose, which is kind of a goofy thing. That's probably down to it originally being a you know a two D pen drawing. Um, yeah, I'm seeing that. And Weird. so you know when they moved it to three D, yeah, I'm sure they got some three D designer that you know wasn't didn't play Sonic the Hedgehog as a kid or whatever, and like he's like what the eyes can't touch in this three D model, so. Like they kept his eyes separate, and 
And yeah, it works. If Sonic the Hedgehog never existed and you showed this image, you would go, oh yeah, that, I guess that's a blue hedgehog. Weird. But but when you look at it after knowing Sonic, you're like, what's wrong with his face? Right. <laughs> his eyes look so small and like goofy. And, and they tried to put the little white fur in between his eyes, I guess, to like, I don't know. To, yeah, it's weak. Yeah, but it's not no. good enough. Um, I mean, some of the angles, the nose, the eyes meet at the nose, the whiteness of the eyes meet, and that you can't see that it's all connected by a lot of these images. But mm-hmm. And that would be, I think, fine. Maybe it looks odd and kind of a... I don't want to say realistic because it's clearly anthropomorphized, but but <clears throat> yeah, the uncanny valley. Yeah, I think maybe it would just look too odd with the whiteness. I, I'm gonna trust they experimented and go that doesn't look good. They probably looked at seven or eight or twenty or whatever models and said this is the one we're going with I, for whatever reasons. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. I don't think, and I guess I could be wrong about this, but I don't think Sega actually has creative control of this product project um i think it's you know some hollywood production by the company. way i'm googling so i googled sonic the hedgehog clicked on images and now mm. i see so you see the array of images the ones that you sent me were actually the first ones and then at the top um it has some suggested uh like unique like it said classic was one of them the first one's cute then shadow then classic and i can click classic mm. and, a, and a whole different page pops up of was considered classic Sonic or mm-hmm. or transparent or cartoon or right. um, Sonic Boom, I guess. Yeah. You know, just this is I didn't know this was a feature. I was probably maybe I sound maybe I'm dating myself here, but like Oh on on Google Image search. On Google yeah, they, Image they have like these suggestions. Yeah, they tag are, the things. But but it's nicely put and it has a little a little icon with the image small images of it in there. It's just a nice mm-hmm. little feature. That's cool. So as a kid, you didn't play Pokemon either, did you? No, and I resisted that one on an emotional level that um, it was silly. You were too cool, too cool. Basically, for Pokemon. yeah, I deemed it in, in some capacity. I, I was like, "This is dorky," and then took pride in acting really annoyed when it would come up or be have any significance and be like, "Oh my god, I don't have any cards. Never had, never will." And so there was no way I was going to be convinced. In the way that I think every kid kind of has this transition from loving Barney to like hating Barney, <laughs> you know, and they start yeah, singing, every kid the, "I age, hate maybe. you, you hate me." Yeah, right. it just I don't know. That seems like almost a rites of passage when I talk to people our age. Like, right? Yeah, you you really hate, but you didn't really hate Barney. That's the thing. You just socially uh, agreed to hate Barney. I think at least that's my my experience. And so I just socially what a wuss. <laughs> I, I hate Barney. I mean, I couldn't distinguish between <laughs> you genuinely hate Barney. I was opposed. To you. I was just like agreeing. I was going along with the crowd. But that's it. Kind of goes back to your your original point of like you liked country music, like whatever that means. You just socially agreed to that. Like that was you know you bobbed your head up and down when you heard it you didn't know what you liked and you don't know what you disliked maybe you do but when it comes to something like barney uh i did like pokemon was the same thing i deemed and this would have been fifth grade ish or so when it was getting really popular i just didn't i deemed it not cool by probably because some friends that i thought had some social capital said this isn't cool and i was like yeah no it's not and never never see i don't remember I don't remember having when when we were at the same school. I don't remember having any experience with Pokemon that was in 
you know, in sixth grade. But then after sixth grade, I changed schools. And that summer, my cousin introduced me to Pokemon. He let me play his copy of Pokemon uh, Red on on his Game Boy when I was on summer vacation. And I loved it uh, and started started playing Pokemon a lot. And then, of course, in my new school, in public school in seventh grade, Pokemon was like the th- – that was the thing. And that year, the second generation of Pokemon games came out, Pokemon Gold and Silver. Uh, and that was all we did was play Pokemon. Had a, my science class, we didn't do science. We played Pokemon. That was it. The teacher, <laughs> the teacher, did, just, the teacher just let everyone run wild. That was a, it was an insane class. Um, <laughs> like it was like thirty five kids, and it was just she would just sit back on her computer, and occasionally we would you know have a worksheet, or we would have to glue some macaroni to construction paper and make a cell. But most, for the most part, it was Pokemon. That was it. That's all we did in seventh grade. Science class was play Pokemon. Ridiculous. Um, and it was awesome. Uh, <laughs> you learned so much about Pokemon. So there's the reason I mentioned that is because there's actually there's a live action Pokemon movie coming out this year as well called Detective Pikachu. <laughs> and this one actually has mo- movie trailers for it oh um, so it's like close to being released yeah it, it's close and it's star and, and pikachu can talk in this and he doesn't talk like pika pika he doesn't talk like that he has a voice <sighs> and it, and the actor is uh ryan reynolds is what? actually the actor so is this for gonna pikachu. go for like is this gonna invite new fans to the genre like like my parents who, might like it or something or i don't know who's not a fan of pokemon already well. you know like i mean <laughs> I'm just well. I mean, Pokemon is huge, it's, but it's, anyway, I, when I heard about this idea, I thought it was bizarre. Like, wait, so you're telling me this movie isn't about like, like Pokemon training and battling and stuff, and 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 not only that, but Pikachu can talk and he's a detective. Like, I thought it was the most bizarre thing. Yeah, uh, I'm and then at these they're a little scary in the sense that it looks like it's hyper realistic in terms yeah, of the shit. It's ex- the, yeah, yeah it, they're all furry and there's a ton like the latest trailer ha- shows a lot of different pokemon in it and they're all some of them are creepy looking and well they have striking designs. So um, so Brian Reynolds obviously getting this sort of actor who's known for kind of tongue in cheek, funny, witty, sharp-witted just comebacks. Like is this going to be something where like my my parents who have just vaguely heard of of Pikachu and like that's about the extent of their knowledge and honestly mine too like are we going to go huh that looks kind of fun like you know a little summer movie go see like whatever like is yeah, that what's going to I mean happen, I imagine I your parents would watch it and go it was cute yeah you know? that's what it i think is going to happen that that it, this is going to this is inviting new fans to the brand like this is a this is a a conscious decision to do that. This isn't like well, we're going to really play. You know, obviously you want to satisfy existing fans and have enough Easter eggs and whatever in there too. But that like, you know, you could not know anything about um, any of this, walk in, see it and, and walk away going, Oh, okay. I'm just, I, I get it now. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't, I mean, I guess really every time you make a movie or whatever, you're trying to bring in new fans. Um, and Pokemon is so big already that, you know, that's probably not their primary concern. They're pro- they're probably trying to cash in on Pokemon Go from you know from recent years, yeah, the, yeah. and the huge popularity that that, that gained because uh, that really Pikachu. did get a lot of new fans. Oh, that definitely did. That definitely did, and still carries. Some people still play it. <clears throat> yeah, 
So yeah. has it completely gone? Uh, I wasn't. Oblivion? I wasn't a fan. Uh, personally, yeah. These photos, I just—they're unset. They look like almost what could be from a horror um, movie or something. Have you, well, have you heard about there this was Momo this guy. stuff? Oh, go ahead. Have heard about what? Momo, the Momo challenge. Um, no. Uh, Uh, I can't even think of a joke to make about it. (laughs) I know the name sounds so. uh, So it it reeked of being an urban legend. If you just just Google really quickly Momo Challenge, and you'll see this very freaky image that looks distinctly Japanese uh, in terms of... A, a, so what apparently what was happening, and you hear various iterations of this urban legend type thing. So it, this hackers or group or singular person has is hacking popular kids' videos, um, stuff like stuff I don't on, really know much about like on, on YouTube, on, YouTube, or what? on uh, a lot of different mediums, but YouTube being the primary one, like and, Power Rangers, uh, like this pink like hacking pig Power thing. Rangers, just. Imagine, yeah, well, that's not what kids are watching. Whatever they're watching, like we're talking about the stuff with millions, if not billions of hits, you know. And um, and then Momo appears in this and says... Gangnam style? And, God. And we'll say, um, contact this number. This is one of, this is the most popular iteration. So contact this number on the WhatsApp, which I guess the WhatsApp is just a way you can text and stuff that like is free and really, that's a really popular app. And so the, yeah. the kids will do that. And then uh, a re, a live a, a person will be on the other end, like with, with some sort of mask um, that looks like this. And we'll Wait, s- can you see them, or is it? Just yeah, they're text? like they're 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 Im- they're there. It's they're, like a video chat. It's like a video chat will come into the WhatsApp, and and they they will say they will actually be interacting with the kid, responding with the kid, and convincing them, saying stuff like "I've decapitated parents' heads," and show them these gruesome images, and then say. Uh, if you don't kill yourself or harm yourself, I will be visiting your parents soon. And, what? And, so, and that kids are actually acting uh, on this. And like this sort of like, I mean, to me, first of all, one of the most demented and twisted things I've I've heard of. And it just reeks of urban legend to me. Wait, what's the connection um, to this creepy image? So though? the connection to this image is actually that face pops up says contact this in a still image i saw a few of the supposed videos uh that said uh contact uh, you know you need to contact this number on the whatsapp and then the kids do it and then it's like a person live on the other end with a with a mask like this that will like the, but the lips will move and it's really pretty disturbing looking um hmm. then it turns out like this is some sort of there were. It was a little bit difficult to sift through because I heard some kids talking about this, and I thought I got this. Just reeks of being not true, um, and they kept calling it the the Momo Challenge because all these kids apparently, you know, you, you hear this exaggerated. Kids are committing suicide or hurting themselves, and two kids have already done it. The F- FBI is like legit looking into it, stuff like that. So hmm. I was like, I don't know, I don't know. And they're like, No, it's true, it's true, and so. Um, I I saw immediately that it's built on a sculpture in Japan that was released for some horror exhibit type thing, but mm-hmm. the, and they were like, yeah yeah yeah, we knew, and I I said that, I immediately saw that, said that to the kids, and to which they responded, yes, that's the origin, but the person's using that sculpture as kind of the face of this, and um, and 
then I looked into it, and what happened is actually some news sources picked it up quickly because it was like Facebook classic fake news. Even the BBC, BBC picked it up, um, mm. and then uh, it it's a resurfacing hoax. But there's actually no origin. What's happened though is because this has taken root and sort of it's it's gotten massively popular in the last few days. That there's a there's copycat there's copycat stuff going on out there at this point. And you look well, at the image; like it's it a would... horrific image. The kind of the thing born of nightmares. Like it is, it is. I'm looking at it right now, and I kind of just don't want to continue to look. It is, it is, <laughs> it actually is uh, one of the scarier. Just we talk about uncanny valley. That almost that there's just something off about the face. Clearly off, but like it's it's the real texture. Yeah, that's not really. Yeah, like, that you don't think that falls into uncanny valley? Like it's well. Could, unc- well. It could be. I mean, it's definitely human. Not in the way that. Not in the way you use the term. Really, I mean, the term "uncanny valley" is usually reserved for like, you know, when you have 3D CGI and it looks really close. It looks really close to human, but there's something just a bit like, oddly fake about it, and like it just seems empty of of a soul and just unrealistic in a disturbing way. Whereas this is just meant to be disturbing intentionally disturbing but the reason to me that it's disturbing i would still argue is that this is the face of a we'll say a, a, well, sure, a woman yeah. it's a it, it's a human face that's all distorted and little right. size and that kind of thing stretched and right. stuff and the, so yeah sure so it gives you this your your mind looks at it and goes clearly a human face absolutely but but well no, i mean think of all scary images you know they're they're either uh, they either resemble distorted human faces or um or you know animal bugs or whatever predators you know like that's what all scary images are right you're right they are a sort of a distorted human uh thing you know yeah Even yeah if they're it, either it, a distorted human face or a dan- you know they suggest danger right i mean even some sort of like like a like a a bug that is given human quality. I don't know if it's giant, mm-hmm, yeah. I suppose, but it could still, yeah, it's still very clearly. That's creatures are less scary than humans to me for that very reason. I guess we can't, it, to me, the impossibility of like a giant creature attacking you, but the possibility of like just some deranged killer is way more probable and therefore uh, just scarier. Um, anyway, I'm clicking off the Momo thing. I don't like it, <laughs> but what, yeah. what, what was confusing for a moment was so it, people would say it's the Momo challenge hoax. It's a hoax, but you couldn't tell if they like some of the articles. It looked like I, I was actually getting into it because I thought that when they were saying hoax, it looked like they were trying to downplay because they were worried that yes, this person is actually doing this. They are hacking, but they haven't had like massive suicides. So if you're reading about all this massive suicide kids and all this that's not true in fact there's only been like a few minor injuries and so i'm like well wait a second are you saying though this person really is engaged in this behavior and that it's just not as effective because that's still fascinating and really twisted and horrible or is is this just totally the thing of myth and legend and and um well, you know, it can't be that widespread if it's just one person doing it, you know. Well, and there's so many different iterations, but the PolitiFact, which I trust that sort of that source, gave a detailed links. I spent 20 minutes reading through. I'm not saying I did diligent research, but I am saying after reading that, I was like, 
this this is an this is an absolute hoax. Um, thoroughly, there is no origin. They could not even find these videos. They found some ones that would allude to it. You know, everyone's talking about the challenge, but cannot find the challenge. You know, it's sort of strange phenomenon. Where well, if if it's a person to person private like communication, well, right? You then... can't find the actual ones, but the video would be out there somewhere. You would think, or some kids. I don't know. I guess if it's done when it's finished, you don't, you, you know, I don't know. It's, it's the perfect amount of mysterious, but it, it hits all the, why is it when I hear it, I'm immediately skeptical that it happened is it's just too horrible to be true. Cause obviously there are really horrible truths out there. Um, it just feels like a creepy pasta type, uh, it's modern day horror story is what it sounds like to me. Well, it just seems unbelievable that a kid would, you know, first see the original image and and then dial and then listen and then injure themselves. Right. Like it, it just seems like a series of less likely things. It will, it, I mean, I can I can understand a kid seeing the image and finding it mysterious and then being like, "Oh, what happens if I, you know, if I message this number and then doing that?" But but then like, I think not it's hundred percent immediately closing out. It says you have to creepy. do this or your parents will be hurt or killed. And like, here's some evidence and they're feeling overwhelmed is, is the angle of this urban legend. So the kids are like, I don't want yeah, my sure. I understand to. that. And that's like, um, you know, I was actually bullied when I was in first grade. I was tall for my age and there was a kid, um, uh, his name was Roosevelt. Um, and he was, it's a strange, he was supposed to be unusual in, name. I know. I just remember Roosevelt was his first name. Um, and I was in this class. I was the tallest in the grade, and he was almost as tall. He was supposed to be in third grade. Um, I'm not going to say he, he was supposed to be in third grade, and you were, and he was in first grade. And he was in first grade. He was dumb, and he was a behavioral problem. Jeez. And I, I hate to say dumb because it's a little, but like, you know, this kid, this so so. I guess he he looked at me, and I was just a wimp of a kid. The fact that I was tall meant nothing. I was, I mean, I was a twig. Like uh, I didn't weigh anything. I would just. I was nice. Uh, I didn't know how to operate any other way. And um, I don't know if you know this about me. So he actually mm, would. No. He would. You really don't know this about me. That's that's interesting. I don't so, think so. No. So he, uh, he would bully me on the playground. And he would. How? Uh, like actually physically punch me and stuff. But I guess not hard enough to give me black eyes or what. They punch you in the face? Yeah, I'm telling you that the guy would actually, he would also threaten to hurt me more than he would. He wasn't constantly punching me, but he did punch me a few times. Um, and we're talking like real, not, I'm not using the term lightly, and I'll, I'll even tell you how he got Yeah, not caught. like kids today. Yeah, no, they're stupid, fake bullying. We're not, well, I'm not. That's what you're saying. Uh, no, I'm, I'm <laughs> I'm not undermining. I'm not even going to go to that discussion. But I am saying that this was <laughs> physically. This wasn't even shoving. We're not talking or a pinch uh-huh. or uh, you're dumb stealing you know, your lunch money. This was. Uh, he might have done that too. Um, he. No one wanted to be around him, and we're, we're we're not wanting to be around me afterward because you know he would come and separate us, and he would. But the reason I did not go tell is he said I'm going to kill your parents if. And so this went on for like, I actually don't remember, but it felt like an eternity. It might have been a week or two. Um, this <laughs> is how extreme it got. And this is how I know that I'm not exaggerating these sort of vague memories in my head. The reason he got caught, and this is, God, it's pathetic to even share because I must have been so willfully going along. He picked me up, if you can imagine where uh, like I'm laying plank style face down, picks me up. So he's holding me. 
and then he drops and he knees me in the groin um and and then i am like screaming rolling on the ground and the teachers run up and he has i'm just screaming rolling on the ground and he's dropped me onto like in my mind he was this beast of a man older <laughs> stronger intimidating roosevelt who right. and even then they were like what just happened and they're like getting him in trouble and i'm terrified oh. that he's getting caught like but I'm also then he's going to kill your parents. Yes. Like, in my mind, it was feasible somehow. I mean, I don't know. We were in first grade, though. I can tell you that. And so, sure, yeah. Um, and, you know, honestly, I don't remember. He stopped after that. And the, that uh, my parents, you know, the next year sent me to a different school. I'll tell you was that, that why they changed uh, schools? Actually, the reason they want they had planned from a parental ex- uh, perspective. They had talked it out. They said, we want... Uh, around middle school or maybe high school to send me to a private school, an independent school to give me the best educational experience in college. But like Mm -hmm. as a kid with these formative experiences, let's stay public and kind of uh, stay with just, just so you can get the full experience. Um, Mm -hmm. But it was not that bullying experience that, that did it. It was actually a kid at our school uh, brought a gun um, and they said, oh. and then, so in, in conjunction with, well, all right, so our son's getting beat up and it was like a third grader at the school brings a gun and did not threaten or anything, but you know, like just had it in his backpack sure, yeah. and maybe he was trying to brag. I don't really know the context. It was kind of vague and mysterious, but it was like, what? And so they were like, no, 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 we're, we're, we're done. Like we're done. We're so done getting beat up and like guns at the school. I mean, it was wild. Yeah. I mean, my parents, my mom was volunteering there, like really trying to. Uh, make this work it just it just sounds like it was aggressively uh poor in in terms of just being unfit for uh a proper educational experience so yeah they got me out of there so that way uh, hmm. so i transitioned in second grade which is a weird basically time to transition. basically your only experience with bullying um good question is that my um uh i have bullied uh but in the in a less, a far less aggressive sense. Really? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, in third grade and fifth grade, I got in trouble quite a bit. The same kid we were talking about who was very bad at basketball in, in uh-huh. our experience. Um, so to, to, I'll try to keep this simple. Uh, two buddies, uh, two friends of mine, or the gosh so after school we would get picked up in this certain area so my mom and she had two friends and their their kids went to uh were in the same grade one of them um was the one we that i bullied and he was intolerable and we would all get picked up in the same <laughs> spot i still i do maintain absolutely 100 percent. this guy was aggressively annoying this guy was intolerable by almost every measurable He's asking standard for it. um i think he w- would literally like be the kind to be poking you and asking like i'm not touching <laughs> you i'm not touching you and this is far beyond the age you should even even be in doing that it sounds like um, he was bullying you then um well no i would respond harshly and <laughs> and just be mean so um or there was one kid um and I'll tell you the name off air, but like I did some things I'm not proud of. Like, like we we 
do you remember our trip to Tybee Island? Um, there was yeah. a photo that circulated of him with his shirt off, or maybe all of us. I don't know, but he 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 was chubby, and so I was I thought it was hilarious this unflattering picture of him. So I uh, I'm not proud to admit it. I just walked around like showing. I think maybe even girls going like, "Ha, ah, isn't he good looking?" Or you know, just something really mean spirited, um, right? Or like so that same spot we would get picked up by this concession stand after school like so there was a very clear place to pick up your kids but it was hectic after school so we would we the kids my my parents would my mom would have us walk down to this area to be picked up and so it was by the concession stand there's a bathroom by the concession stand you can imagine any like by a football Mm -hmm. like a cinder block concession stand and so um this kid that we would pick on sometimes it was a collective picking I, i didn't just individually decide upon myself i wasn't the sort of guy that was like socially like i wasn't the the bully it was actually these kids were i do maintain particularly annoying and then i would join in a collective effort to bully so this kid who was the the overweight kid who was being um either you know just annoying from whatever fashion took his hat threw it in the woman's restroom and was like, when you go in there and get it, I'm going to yell that you're in the woman's restroom. <laughs> and this is an empty, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, right. so silly to think that this is like, I've created this situation for him. But, you know, he cried and um, I got punished pretty severely. And I, I'm actually... How did you get punished? Uh, well, I'll, my parents sitting me down, I would, I, I was quick to tears if I were in trouble and they would, they would like, I remember they were having a conversation with my other friend. So my, my, my friend and I engaged in this activity of throwing his hat back and forth and then throwing it in the woman's restroom. And so I remember going to my friend's house with my mom and they, they sat us down and they walked out and they were having a conversation about what to do. And I was like in tears at, uh, my friend remembers this conversation. He said, I... Is this David? Yes, this is David. So da- I should have just said that. So David actually shares... He, we need to have David on the podcast We should have David sometime. on the podcast. So David says to me, or, or no, he remembers this conversation because I was crying and I go, wouldn't it be so much better just to be a happy dog? Like be, dogs are so happy. <laughs> I remember, and, like, I remember sad, us talking about I'm that years sad, later. I'm just a s- sad human being and I'm in trouble for all of this and... But the dogs are just happy, and that's kind of where this happy dog, would you rather be a happy dog or a sad human, like, this question was born. We were in second grade at this point, though. Um, And and then my parents would uh, punish me, whatever. I don't know, no TV, whatever. But but also make me write an apology note and call the house and apologize to the parents. Like, a really thorough slowing down process that I think is appropriate. Because it's easy just to be like, eh, kids are being dumb. But like it was memorable, and I, I had to. Uh, by my estimation, the best way to um, discipline a kid is how, however egregious the error, you need to slow down proportionally because almost all errors happen out of like a speedy, thoughtless, like impulsive uh, action. So you just like do this thing. You get caught up in the action. And you're like this. This guy's being a jerk. He's being annoying. So we're going to take his hat and, um, you know, and escalate it socially uh, without thinking. It's not like I got up that day and said I'm going to take his hat and throw it. And it was it was mostly impulsive. And you know, it was a it was a crime of passion, passion and opportunity. I saw the women's mm-hmm. the bathroom and thought boom and like just did it. 
Um, and that's a good soundbite to take out of context. <laughs> what I saw the women's I saw the women's bathroom, bathroom and just boom, boom I did it. Did Crime it. of passion. <laughs> Crime of passion. And so I yeah I they slowed me down because that was a pretty. How, what do you mean slowed you down? Uh, I mean that um, when someone makes a mistake, that's. Okay, well, really quickly. So, it, you know, if I'm teaching a kid and they are, they give me a little bit of of an attitude. I'm, I, I'm, I think I need to slow things down accordingly. So, so that's not a huge egregious error. That's a small error. So, a small slowdown, a small moment would be like, hey, I know you probably didn't mean it, but I detected a little tone. Uh, or whatever, I might explain the reason. Now, let's say they say something that's really inappropriate. I might say, hey, why don't we take a step outside? And so I'm pressing pause on the moment. I'm slowing, like if if, if, if the world is, if this is strange, but if the world is carrying along at a certain pace, metaphorically, it's moving along at a certain pace, mistakes are made when the world feels like it's moving faster and you're in some sort of social dynamics and things are going quickly and you make an impulsive decision and it mm-hmm. feels like things have sped up and you're like, I don't know why I did it. I just, you know, felt myself, you know, maybe I didn't do my homework or I was, and I decided to cheat last second because I was, all, things were speeding up and it went so fast and I just did it. Um, mm-hmm. So then the responsibility of the adults, I think, is to say, to slow down in equal parts that you were going fast. So, if a kid curses me out in class, like you just sped up super fast. And like we, this could be a suspension. You know, you've cursed out a teacher, maybe an expulsion. Like that's like the ultimate slowdown and going, yeah, like we're, we're going to almost come to a standstill here. Uh, do you see what I'm saying? Metaphorically, this, yeah, the yeah, slowdown. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I get it now. So yeah. So for them, but, to slow... but so in this situation where you, uh, where you threw the hat into the, uh, to the women's restroom. Yeah. Uh, you know, this event happened and it's over and now like your parents are picking you up from school. So like how, well, this didn't happen. I mean, I guess you're just saying the, the, the distribution of punishment from, you know, like talking to you and then like restricting TV and then making you call and apologize. The punishment was slow, was drawn out over a long period of time. Yeah. Well, or that it was an appropriately thorough punishment is really what I'm saying. So mm. it's, it's like, they didn't just say, tell them you're sorry tomorrow. Or say, hey, you know that was wrong, right? And I would say, yes. Don't do it again. Okay. And like, if that were the end of it, we didn't slow down a lot. We slowed down for a moment, but the punishment. But what I did, by the way, in context, this is the same. This the the guy that I showed the shirt of the guy that was. We were constantly in interaction and constantly in friction, and it wasn't. It this this relationship was not in a healthy place and likely to continue if we didn't, you know, slow down. I guess. So, hmm. and I think that's actually not only a good way to discipline, say, kids. I mean, it's really an approach I think that's healthy for us to. So, whether it's overcoming a temptation or you want to, you want to, you need. Um, it's not really a time. Maybe slow down isn't the best word, but it's useful for me in that if I know that I am susceptible to chaos, a moment of chaos, then I have to have uh, equal measures of order to like as a as a as a safety net. Um, so if these traps are 
this fast or this chaotic. I need it equal parts slowed down or orderly to, to prevent me from falling into these holes. Um, so as a preventative measure or as, a, as if I've actually messed up and to correct that measure. That makes sense. I guess that makes sense. So slow down and think about it and don't, you know, don't react emotionally or based on, you know, impulse, but to think think about it and, you know, let it sit a little bit. Yeah. That makes sense. So if I'm going to eat well, like for some people, they can just go, I'm going to stop eating poorly and it's easy for them. So they don't have to think thoroughly and slow down and say, what am I going to do when I actually want to eat junk food? Because it's unlikely to happen if it really is that easy. That's rare, I think, by the way. Um, But Mm -hmm. for me, it's extraordinarily difficult. So I need to think, okay, when I say I'm going to eat healthy, what do I mean? And so I'm going to give myself two cheat meals a week. uh, And given that you eat three meals a day, you know, you get two a week. And and then I need to think, when are they likely to be? And Friday night and Saturday night seem like reasonable times for me to have a cheat meal. Um, And then even plan out those, or at least because that, that just enhances my enjoyment, anticipating that meal. And that way I have like a, oh, I just want to get Taco Bell coming home from work today and then to say, no, if I have that, then I can't have this other thing. Uh, and and just having a thoughtful, cons- thoughtfully constructed list of, of pros, cons, and consequences to my actions, um, that's slowing down is, is a way of putting it, I think. Right. So. Taco Bell's not that bad. Uh, I mean, nothing's that bad in moderation, and if you're working out, and it just depends what you're doing. But uh, I mean, I guess it depends what you order. I suppose it's all the same, isn't it? Like meat and beans and cheese and sauce. And I mean, some stuff is fried, and some stuff has more salt and all of that. But like in the in the in the spectrum of fast food, Taco Bell's not really all that unhealthy. Is are you saying that with the assumption that? like meat is generally of the same quality and we're not talking about to uh taste but i'm talking about like if you order beans i shouldn't say meat and then, and then say beans that's strange but if if beans are beans are beans like beans from a fancy a mexican tree, restaurant a, a really, a really nice, nice curated bean tree. bean tree and then and then and then beans from taco bell are more or less the same nutritional value because i mean you hear actually like i think taco bell gets the hardest hit when it comes to pr and like you hear things like oh there's x amount of cardboard in their food or it's great edible meat or it has this much you know, bug protein in it because it's allowed or just weird. I mean, probably rumor mill stuff. But my point is that they get they get really tagged for having really low quality stuff, and that's why it's cheap. But that, like, does that mean it's packed with preservatives and therefore like actually like going to give you a bigger gut or make you feel worse or give you cancer or whatever the the repercussions are? Or is that largely exaggerated? Like, what's your take on that? I think it's largely exaggerated. Uh, but then again, keep in mind my Taco Bell order is bean burritos. That's the only thing I ever order at Taco Bell. Um, so uh, yeah, I, mean, I don't indulge in all the other I mean, a bean burrito is a tortilla. It's got beans, obviously, a little tortilla cheese. with beans in it and cheat a little bit of shredded cheese and then they that, put much, that red sauce in there. Yeah. And that's it. That's very uh, plain. And, and I have recently started getting the black bean burrito. Uh, so I get one black bean burrito and then a regular bean burrito with no onions. Um, yeah. And, but so, you know, that's that's not very unhealthy. Uh, I mean, rice and beans, it's not like you have to pump them full of preservatives. 
you just I mean you just keep them dry, yeah. and then cook them. I mean I, I assume that's how Taco Bell does it. Maybe they don't keep them dry. Maybe they get them frozen or something. They're canned. I don't know. But I mean it's not like you have to pump a bunch of chemicals into rice and beans to to keep them fresh. No, you're right. So like measuring a black bean from there or measuring it from I don't know where I, I don't have a good like go to fancy place to get a black bean, but. Assuming you went, you went there and got your fanciest black bean possible. I'll have one of your finest black beans, please. <laughs> you take it back to the laboratory and you start studying what, what you know. Would you just go, oh yeah, my I gosh. just don't. I don't think they're all that different. I think probably the salt content is the what you have to look out for at Taco Bell, just because I'm sure that they put a lot of salt in their food because it tastes makes it taste good. Yeah. Um, and then the fried stuff, you know, I guess. But you know, compared to a big greasy mcdonald's burger or something taco bell is just not it's not all that bad yeah fair enough fair enough um i've got one uh one one other topic i want to talk about briefly um at the end yeah, uh, so i have to use the restroom to be frank <laughs> but i'm good um so we've got a ski trip coming up yes. at the end of this month yes so we this will probably be our last podcast before the trip, and then I'm sure we'll have another one after the trip sometime. Um, so uh, you've never skied before, never skied before. So I want to get your thoughts on like what you know what you're what you're anticipating, and you know what you are really looking forward to, and what you're worried about. And I just want to get your thoughts on skiing and what you expect, and then after the trip, you can. Uh, you can talk about you know how it was and how it, whether it met or exceeded or fell short of your expectations. Okay, so a couple of things. Uh, I'm nervous about it. I'm nervous in the sense that what if I'm terrible at it and then it, or I don't like it and it's miserable for the entirety of the trip. That's like worst case scenario. Can't ski. Well, you have can't to stay up. You have to stick with it for six months. And then <laughs> Regardless can, of how much you can I quit. Like it you can quit if you want after that. <laughs> so. Uh, obviously, I'm excited and, and approaching it with a good attitude, and I'm happy and optimistic. But my concern being, what if I literally can't stay up? Or what if it's like I'm so freaking tense, you know, and like exhausted after 20 minutes of skiing, and like this just can't, I can't ski all day for a week or whatever. Like that's just going to be incredibly difficult. So uh, those are two concerns. And, and and we've talked about that briefly before, where you, but you have affirmed, you're like, you know what? It's not as hard as it seems they're long planks essentially that keep your balance once you get the hang of it you'll be fine you're gonna laugh at this though because i do trust you bennett i trust your like take on maybe an evaluation of a movie or a a meal or something like that i absolutely do but in this case i have this distinct memory i go to when do you remember um when paintball was becoming increasingly popular and everyone was getting the guns and like the tipman 98 customs and i think i had a raptor it was like blue chrome Mm -hmm. and the length of your barrel and all of that and i uh i think the details are foggy, but I think I appealed to you. And I was a little bit nervous. You know, I'd practice shooting the gun, and paintballs come out fast, and they they can tear through like cardboard boxes and lots of things. Mm-hmm. They could also splatter, and depending on a lot of different variables. But I remember being pretty concerned about playing a game and like the pain that it would, you know, being shot at is like not a fun sounding experience. <laughs> and you right. you assured me, and all the trust I had in you. It was like this isn't 
it's not bad and you're like really it's not that bad you wear the proper clothes like maybe you get it hits you the wrong way once and it stings but worst case scenario you get stung but really if you have the proper clothing it doesn't it doesn't even hurt at all um and then um i played and like my first game i think i had some serious whelps on my body like like they were like really painful and i was so like, was that the first time you played was that with me and my no, friends it di- from no my it wasn't new school? that was a different experience it was like it was okay. before then and so but after that i was like bennett it's like wrong uh like that like, just, like i don't trust his well, take what kind that. of clothes were you wearing uh, i honestly don't remember and so and i wish yeah, you're probably you, wearing the wrong clothes and so uh probably not been it probably, you were but, probably just, just <laughs> whatever don't well paintballs if they hit you if they hit you on bare skin then yeah they they hurt and they can cause a big bruise oh it was a uh, bad bruise if you're, like the kind of like you if you're wearing just a t-shirt go, or something <gasps> you know so yeah i don't think i was yeah, if I, mean, wearing... I would have worn i was scared about it i have a feeling i would have worn like proper if not more than proper clothing because I well was see what it. i always wore was a big old like my dad called him a hunting suit it's basically just a you know the big old like uh zip up one one piece suit camo suit that yeah, you know yeah, yeah. deer hunters and stuff wear um, that covers your legs Smart. and it's your torso too, and your arms. So when it hits it, but it's thick material, yeah. like canvasy thick, and stuff. Real thick. So yeah. So when it hits, you can feel it, and it kind of stings a little bit, but it doesn't leave a mark on you. Um, but anyway, here's my greater point. When it comes to movies, I'll trust you. When it comes to food, I trust you. But you're talking about a physical endeavor now, and like it, it I don't trust you. i'm joking but i do mean your confidence and you're like ah you'll be fine you're like reasonably athletic and like you'll you'll just you'll get the hang of it um you just you have a you're speaking from your personal experience and and you're just confident that that i'll have a similar one and i i really am less confident than you are but i am cautiously optimistic um, I'm a total uh, to, to switch gears a little bit too. I'm a total baby when it comes to cold. Um, I've lived in Florida long enough that it seems that you know they say your blood thins. It seems to actually. I don't know if your blood actually thins, but I know that I, my sensitivity to the cold is is extreme. It has been uh, 50 degrees this last few days, and I've Florida cold. Florida cold, and I've been shivering like to the point it's embarrassing to admit how like <laughs> like it feel it in my bones i'm like oh my gosh and so i have some concern that everyone will be comfortable on this trip and i'll be going oh my god oh my god like i'll be freezing when it's not and i'll have to even acknowledge that i am properly dressed and my core is reasonably warm but but i can see my breath oh my gosh so uh <laughs> that part but but more like I've been doing morning workouts and stuff, so I'm hoping that I don't have sort of a soreness of... I've been doing squats and stuff, so I'm hoping that that, oh, well, that's that good. really plays into not making me ultra sore. Because if you woke up day two or three and you were one of those almost immobile, sore, that would be that would make the trip... Uh, that would make it rough. <laughs> but overall, well, it's a whole new experience for me. It's been, I can't remember the last time I saw snow or large amounts of it or... Right. Or I've never been – anytime I've seen snow, it's been in sort of a, a setting in which it's it's unusual to snow. So the the city doesn't handle it well. Like they didn't salt mm-hmm. the roads or – they're you know. But we're going to a place in which 
snow is the norm and it will be a culture Snow's that the, is yeah. you know has adapted to it and like probably has a that lot of business features built around yes snow. yes there'll be features that either take advantage of the snow or treat it properly and, and we can navigate it better and i'd look forward to that it snowed 28 inches there in the last four days oh that's good to hear that's really really yeah. good to hear so. Yeah, so now now the total snowfall for the year is up there with the, the highest in the last few years. So that is so hopefully that all sticks around. Um I will tell you I will tell you this even though you don't trust me. Um you don't have to trust me, but I mean just think about think about the dynamics of the situation and and what's happening when you're skiing. Uh so I mean you really do just have some slick planks on your feet and you just stand there. I mean, if you're not on a really steep hill, you can just stand there and gravity pulls you down the hill and but all of skiing, this language, and you're just, uh, just standing with no muscular activity on your part it applies to skateboarding you just stand on a board but i've like if you ever step on those things and you don't know what you're doing and it's your one of your first times which i've never sure, skateboarded, but on a but. skateboard your feet aren't attached to it um and you're you're riding over pavement or asphalt and you don't have on a bunch of thick clothes and um you can fall off of the skateboard uh, on skis, you're stuck to the skis, and you're standing facing forward, and your feet can separate so that you can, you know, spread out your your center of gravity a little bit and keep your balance more easily. What about ice skating? I've I've done that. I, two or three I've times. ice skated before. It and is hate tough. That. It is my ankles. I'm quivery. Like I mean, I do find yeah. a certain balance eventually, but I am so tired after ice skating, and that's I guess I'm yeah. I'm projecting a lot of that into. I mean, I well, see, I had the same longer. experience as you, ice skating. I didn't like ice skating when I went. Uh, I enjoyed it. it well, and, and, and in ice skating, you're essentially just wearing shoes, and your ankles can still move yes. when you are ice skating. So you have to exert a certain amount of control over your ankles. When you're skiing, your ankles are immobilized in the boots. So that's one less uh, degree of freedom that you have to deal with. Um, right. Okay. And additionally, in skating, your propulsion comes from... Yourself. From turning one foot and pushing it, yeah. right? So yeah. you're you you're actually having it. to manipulate your legs and move yourself across the ice. In skiing, if you're just going down a, a shallow hill, you just stand there. And your only concern is slowing yourself down, really. Um, now, so that's that's me being uh, generous to, to skiing. Now, you do have to put in some amount of effort, uh, but... And, and this is what takes learning is being able to direct yourself, being able to steer and slow down. So the first couple times I went skiing, uh, you know, that's what I struggled with. And uh, it wasn't that my legs got tired or that I got worn out or that I was cold. It was that I couldn't stop. Like I just couldn't stop. So And, of course, I was on the East Coast, too, and so the snow was really icy and slick, which makes it even harder to stop and turn. Um, so it was basically for me, go to the top of the hill, start going and then like go at, at, at extreme speeds until I fall, uh, or hit something, I which I, I didn't hit how falling then is just your stopping method. Yeah. Falling was my stopping method. Yeah. For, for, for those times. Um, how painful, I mean, but it's reasonably comfortable. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's surprisingly not that bad. I mean, obviously you can hurt yourself if you fall, you know, you can twist some joints or whatever, but like you're on soft powdery snow um, and you're wearing big, thick bundled bundles of clothes. And like, I just found that 
falling wasn't a big deal. Like I just didn't get hurt falling down. Um, and most of the time when you fall too, you kind of skid rather than just fall flat on your face or something. Like you just kind of skid on your side yeah. and skid on your butt and then slow down. So it's not that bad. Um, so like I anticipate how it'll be for you is um, like you. I can't speak to you know how cold you'll be. That all depends on what clothes you wear. Um, but uh, like you'll 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 probably be frustrated at your inability to to turn and to keep yourself going slow. Uh, at first, you may struggle with keeping your feet together or having them kind of separate. But you'll learn that real quick. Like you learn how to control your skis relatively quickly. Um, it's just that learning how to manage your speed is the the harder well, part. And I, but that, that seems pretty uncomfortable if you if you are in this unfamiliar situation. You don't have much control, and you're starting to go fast, and you're starting to go faster, and you're just not really. Well, you can always just fall over. That's right. the thing. You can always just go. Well, I, yeah, this is faster. I'm not confident at this part, and just fall over. So your falls. What percentage of your falls were intentional? I mean, would you say almost all of them? Like, in terms of, I need to stop, so I'm going to fall. Not, I'm out of, ah, and you've fallen because you're out of control. The first the first time I went skiing, every, I mean, every time I got to the bottom, my fall was intentional because it was either fall or run into, you know, run off the path and into people and all kinds of things. <laughs> right. So all of those were intentional. But I had many other unintentional ones where I was, Trying to turn. That's what I want to know about. You're trying to turn. Trying trying to stop um, or trying to slow down, and you just overcorrect or overbalance or whatever, and you just kind of tip over. Um, so, but nah, not not that bad. And so my first ski trip was a three day trip, um, and you know by the end of the second day, I could slow myself down a little bit. Um, still didn't have good control even even after that third day i still didn't have good control but i was having a blast even on the second day the first day i was frustrated because i thought it would be easier than it was um but the second day i got the hang of it well enough to have a really good time on my second ski trip i got to by the end of it it was another three-day trip i got to where i could slow down effectively and so i could actually steer myself and manage my speed and then on my third ski trip it was out west and the snow was powdery, and you could control yourself a lot better. And on that trip, I learned how to, rather than just do what they call the snow plow, which is to basically make your skis point in a triangle in front of Pizza, you yeah. so that it slows you down like a snow plow. Pizza. Um, I learned how to keep both of your skis together and go from side to side. You yeah, know? that sounds professional. I could tell by the sound effect. Yeah. Um, and uh, so that's how, that's how you're supposed well that's how you have the most control anyway and you can go you can go fast and still control your speed by doing that and it's really fun it's also more tiring on your legs but it's really fun but it's all the control um, so in the I learned, world basically yeah uh, right well i learned how to do that on on the third trip what i hope i hope for you and for the other guys that we're going with is that you know by the last day of skiing um you'll be able to control your speed pretty well doing the snowplow method and maybe even uh, get the hang of doing the side to side a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's—I definitely think it's doable. But I—I um, I don't really anticipate many issues uh, from anyone, except for maybe David. That's that my personal goal. On top of having fun, is to not be the worst. And so, <laughs> beating David is a huge goal of mine. <laughs> but you know, like. 
and we can give David a hard time, but he he like can he might just have the hang of it and he's not hey, like he he's might, not like yeah. unathletic you know i'm not saying he's an athlete either but nor am i so like it's a crapshoot what's gonna happen so uh i'm excited i'm really excited <laughs> uh, yeah i'm excited too like i mean it seems like it's coming up really quick now and i guess i guess it is it's not it's not next week but the next week yeah. and we're, no, it's we're definitely gone, so. so it's yeah next week i was my last week of classes and then then it's spring break woohoo well, we'll find out then uh, after after the ski trip. We'll get your thoughts and see how see how uh, how 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 fa- well founded your um, your worries and predictions are. Yes, we will find out. So until next time. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I think that's a good good place to wrap it up. So uh, yeah, podcast. Bye.